0: This month we have been studying about hearing, uh, hearing God's voice and, um, pastor and assistant pastor, uh, Chris and assistant pastor, um, Nick had, have been teaching on hearing God's voice. And when pastor had asked me if I can teach tonight, um, I went into prayer and the Lord's really been dealing with me about a certain topic and a certain subject, um, and it ties into what our message is or what our theme for this month is about hearing God's voice. And I'd like to open up with Luke chapter 22 verses 31 through 34. And everybody knows this verse. It's a very well-known verse, but I'm going to take a look um at a different perspective of of this uh, parable. And it says, verse 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and that when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, The cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And I'm going to primarily take my text out of verse 34. And if I had to give a title to this message, it would just simply be don't kill the rooster. Now, I'm going to break it down in a way that that. Um, the Lord had me study it for quite some time, and and it, this, this message is a message of, of really thinking because the, the Lord had dealt with me that the body of Christ is denying who he is in some way, shape, or form on a daily basis, and we don't even realize it. Now, not just denying Jesus doesn't mean that I don't know him or, or that, that I don't serve him, that I don't love him. But there's different ways and different aspects of us when we deny who he is. But before I get into that, I want to talk to you about a certain disciple by the name of Judas. Anyone who knows anything about the Bible will be able to tell you, about Judas, the man who betrayed Jesus into the hands of the Jews. Judas was one of the 12 chosen disciples, but his heart never changed. His one and only mission in life was to gain the wealth of this world. See, I don't read anywhere in the Bible that Judas was has ever committed to the Lord in service. He kept the treasury for the disciples as they traveled. He was there for many of the miracles and teachings that the Lord did during his three and a half years of ministry. But there is no indication that Judas ever really became involved in anything other than the business side of being a disciple. He had the same opportunities. He heard all of the same teachings. He was chosen just like the rest of the disciples. But he simply would not let go of the things of this present world. He was chosen just like the rest of us. Judas is like so many people in the church today. See, see. just pick any church you want to, whether it be large or whether it be a a small church, it it don't matter. Or, Or look into any denomination or any independent church you want to. And I guarantee in the midst of every one of them, there will be someone with the same mindset that Judas had. See it's not really hard to spot them if you look. You can tell by the things they are involved in and by their commitment to true ministry. It is a great thing to be involved in ministries that help around the church. See without everyone pitching in and doing their part, it it would be it wouldn't be long until we would have to close the doors somewhere because we don't have enough help. In the ministry, see, I thank God for each and every one that takes a part in the ministry that that helps build the church, because it is greatly and desperately needed. See, most of those who are involved in ministries are 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 are, are helping, and is such a blessing. Their ministry is done not is done out of the heart and the love for God. And for the fellowship of man. See, I believe that God will reward them for their faithfulness in a job where they are often. They often get little to no thanks from any other person. But there are a few who will be like Judas. See, these people will be involved in everything that goes on around the church. They will be at every social gathering, hanging around with everyone else and doing all that they can to help the church be successful. But why are they involved is the true question. Are they involved because they really love the Lord? Or are they involved because they just want to look important enough and take the part that I did this and I did that? See, I suppose that what what I'm trying to say here is that we can face uh, a a two-faced Christian, if I can say so lightly. See, be be busy doing a lot of work for the kingdom of God and hanging out with God's people, hearing the preachings of the gospel, and doing everything that, that our brothers and sisters in Christ are doing, but still not have a heart after God. See, good works are commendable and necessary to prove your faithfulness. But why do we do those good works? Is it because we love Jesus? Or is it because we have the same attitude as Judas had? Are we concerned with our image before other people? Or here's the true question. Or are we more concerned with our true relationship with God? Are we more concerned with what the preacher will think than what Jesus actually thinks about us? See, Judas had his heart set on the things of this world and those things were the gods of his life. His heart was never able to see Jesus, who Jesus really was. He never really caught onto the great calling that, that had been on his life. See, it, it's sad thing to note that Judas had every chance, but never accepted Jesus and allowed the Lord to change his heart. See, before the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, Judas was already in the flames of hell. He could have, he could have done like the other, like the other person that was hanging next to Jesus and repented after he betrayed the Lord. But he could not find a place of repentance and went out and, and committed suicide. See, he finally came to realize That he had rejected God and tried to give back the reward of betraying Jesus. But there was no turning back. It already had gone too far. See, I can only hope and pray that those in the church today with a heart after the things of this world, like Judas, will wake up and realize that they need to turn back to Jesus in repentance and stop denying the lordship over their lives. Now, I want us to look at another disciple this evening. Now, this goes back to my main text. There was another disciple that Jesus had chosen who would also be guilty of denying him. And that disciple was Peter. See, Peter was a man who was used to getting what he wanted. See, down through the years, we have come to know him as the big fisherman. And all through the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we know him as the big fisherman. See, we've known Peter, he was an outspoken and often the first to react in brutal strength. He was an independent and strong-willed man who felt that he could overcome anything by his own power. See, Jesus chose Peter to be one of his disciples, just like he chose Judas. See, I don't think that Jesus chose either one of them without knowing what was already in their hearts. See, I want to remind you that not one of the 12 disciples were saved before Jesus had chose them. See, Jesus went down to the shores of the Sea of Galilee and into the towns of the area and some of the characters he chose to be his disciples were people that most of us would not have chosen. See he chose Judas, a greedy, envious, money-hungry man who would do anything he could get for money. See he chose Simon who he who he named later Peter, a big tough fisherman who loved to fight. He chose James and John and it wasn't long until Jesus was calling them the sons of thunder because they were always in a brawl. See, he chose one of the most hated Jews in the land, a tax collector by the name of Matthew. Then he chose an educated man, a doctor by the name of Luke and on and on it goes. See how many of us would choose to have somebody like them on our church board? See, how many of us would choose to have one of these guys uh, that you knew who was a thief to be our treasurer? Or, or would choose two brothers who would love to fight? Or Lord knows, uh, Lord knows there's enough fighting in the church now as it is. Or, or what about a crooked politician? That's what Matthew was. See, he was elected by the people for sure, but he had to have the same attitude as a lying, deceiving politician to get to the Romans to appoint him as a tax collector. See, how Jesus ever got an educated doctor like Luke to join the crew is a miracle within itself. See, no self-respecting doctor would want to hang out with such a group of, of misfits and, 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 and diverse people. See, then Jesus chose a big, loud-mouthed man who would fight at the drop of a hat. See, Jesus knew all of their flaws, all of their attitudes, but you know what? He chose them anyway. See, I, I have news for you. See, somewhere, some, some, we all fit into the same categories as these original 12 disciples somewhere. See, I have studied the lives of each of them, and you would find one that you could identify with, uh, with, with, with them. See, Jesus chose each of us when we were lost uh, without God and dead to our sin. He still chose us. See, we didn't choose him, but he chose us. He called us to come and follow him when we were going, doing about our business of our father, per se, the devil. When Jesus uh, turned our lives around uh, and gave us new hope. Uh, See, when we were dead to our sin uh, and he turned us around uh, and gave us new life. Uh, He turned us around uh, and gave us uh, a new promise. Uh, He turned us around uh, and gave us uh, a new uh, life. See, among the 12 disciples, the one that I think of most uh, is Peter. See, to see where he came from and then to see where he finished the race is truly amazing. But it wasn't an easy road for Peter. He had a lot of changing to do before he could become a true disciple of Christ. I have a question for you. Did you Or do you have a lot of changing to do in your life after you came to Jesus? Did you have a lot of changing to do uh, in your lifestyle after finding uh, who the Lord truly was? Uh, Did you have to do a lot of changing uh, in your lifestyle uh, after coming to know uh, who Jesus truly is? See, have you struggled with your own life uh, in trying to change and be more like Jesus? Look at Peter. See, nobody struggled more than he did. And yet he made it because he was willing to allow Jesus to change his heart. See, that's our key this evening. See, we must be willing to surrender our will to Jesus. We must be willing to surrender all of our plans. We must be willing to surrender all of our goals. We must be willing to surrender our very life to the will of God and then to obey the call of God and walk with him. Even if we do, it's going to be a struggle for many of us. This walk that we are walking is not an easy walk. It's not how it's pictured with rainbows and sunshine. See, if it it wasn't easy for Jesus back then, how much more us now that are trying to be like him. See, Peter loved the Lord. There is no doubt about it. See, that he soon developed a strong bond with Jesus as they walked the dusty highways together. See, Peter developed uh, a loyalty to Jesus uh, and the calling of God upon his life uh, became his central focus. That kept driving him to be a disciple no matter the cost. He was willing to give his life for Jesus. See, he was preparing for the battle that lay ahead because he was convinced that he would be a leader in the grand army of Israel, that Jesus would rise and bring to an end. To Israel's slavery to Rome. See, no price was too great. For Jesus and Peter's homeland. See, but Peter was willing to die if necessary to see that freedom was run. See, Peter followed Jesus willingly and tried to learn everything he could. He was the first to confess uh, that Jesus was the son of God. God was continually working on Peter's heart. To change him into the man that God knew he could be. Amen? See, thus we say, thus we see Peter is among those who sat in the upper room on the night that Jesus was arrested. All all the disciples were there, including the one that was going to betray him into the hands of those who would crucify him. See, I know Jesus felt pity for Judas because he said in Mark uh, chapter 14, verse 21, the son of man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe to the, that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. See, good were it for the man if he had never been born. See, Judas is sitting in that very presence of the Son of God. But was soon going to be burning in the pits of hell. And Jesus felt pity for him because he knew that there was no turning back. But Peter was there too. And he was still being peter he still didn't fully understand what was happening or who jesus really was see none of the disciples did but peter was convinced that he was going to see this thing to the end no matter what and he let jesus know it too See, there was nothing more than pride in his own abilities and self-confidence in his own power to fight that, that caused Peter to speak up. See, Jesus knew his heart, and he knew that Peter was going to face one of the most terrible times of temptations that he would ever have to face. Now, this is where... My text comes out of don't kill the rooster. Back to my main text in Luke 22, verse 31 and 32. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. See, Jesus knew that Peter would make it through the coming ordeal victoriously. See, but he also knew that Peter would face the fires of temptation and failure in the process. See, Jesus prayed for Peter, asking the Father in heaven to keep Peter's faith from failing. He had chosen Peter for his strength of character. And now that same strength would be used in encouraging the other disciples who were also going to fall. See, in Luke 22, 33 and 34, see, then, then Peter boldly says, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt deny that thou knowest me. Don't kill the rooster. In John chapter 13, verses 37 and 38, it says it this way. Peter said unto him, Lord, uh, why can I not follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. See, we, we're right now, we are sitting in the house of God. Right now, we are sitting among a group of believers. It just doesn't seem possible that when we leave this place of togetherness and closeness to the Lord after hearing his word and feeling his presence in our hearts, that we would go out this evening and face temptations and trials so strong that they cause us to deny Jesus. But I got a question for you. How many times? Has it happened already? How many times have you walked out of the church and fell to temptation? See, some people don't even get from the front door of the church uh, to their car in in the parking lot or in the street before they begin to fail God and deny him in some type of way. See, maybe, maybe you had an argument with, with your spouse or or with your parents or with your kids on the way to church. And you come and jump and shout and scream and, and whatnot, fall all over the floor, have an awesome service. But then the minute you leave out these doors, you spark that argument back up again. Or or maybe Or just maybe, see, these are different things uh, on how we deny who Jesus is. Don't kill the rooster. See, or maybe the minute you leave out of these doors and you start gossiping about brother so-and-so, or did you see sister so-and-so do that? Did you see how she was on Saturday, but yet coming into the church this day? Is that not denying who Jesus is? See, or or maybe or maybe someone will begin to think that it's time to move to a different church because it just don't seem like they're getting nothing out of church anymore or maybe no i have to confess i used to do this a lot i had a really bad anger issue years ago yes yeah, sister uh, i would leave out of church Awesome service, running, shouting, whatnot. But how many of you go to the restaurant and really lose your Christianity because the waiter's too slow or they didn't get your order right? Not realizing that you're not the only table they have. They probably have six or seven other tables beside you. Then you really show them what kind of Christian you really are. You put that Christian card away and you give them a piece of your mind. Or maybe if you had a second service to go to, or maybe you will go home and take a nap and then let the devil talk you out of not coming into that next service. Because what if, what if that that miracle you've been praying for? That deliverance you've been praying for, that stronghold to break that you've been praying for, it could have happened that night. But you chose to stay home because, oh, I went to service this morning. I got what I needed. Whatever it is or however it comes, we have to realize that anytime time we fail to to which we know what we should do, It's it's a sense of denying Christ just one more time. See, are we not denying Christ? And I'm going to get a little bit deep. See, are, are we not denying Christ when we choose and refuse to disobey Him? Are we not denying Christ? before the world when we don't do the things that even the world knows that that's not what we're supposed to do? See, are we not denying Christ every time we choose to do our own will instead of the will of God? See, we find ourselves denying Christ a lot more than we often want to. Don't kill the rooster. See, like Peter, I am also convinced that we are reminded of our denial every time it happens. Peter denied Christ. And the rooster crowed three times to remind him that he failed to be faithful. Now, I have an important question for each and every one of you to think about throughout the week. Have you heard the rooster crow when you failed to? See, the problem with so many people today is that when they hear the rooster crow, all they want to do is kill the rooster and not hear his message to our hearts. How do you kill the rooster? See, you kill the rooster every time you refuse to recognize that he is calling you back to repent of your denial. Peter heard the rooster and he went out and wept bitter tears repenting of the times that he had failed god he cried and begged for forgiveness he felt so worthless and weak see this was a feeling that left him alone in a world filled with people because he knew that his relationship with christ wasn't as strong as he thought it would be He just couldn't believe that he could be so weak and so deceived by the devil. See, how could Peter, a man who swore to die for Christ, give in so easily under pressure? Don't kill the rooster. We've been hearing Teachings all this month about hearing god's voice that is your rooster crow. every time that you deny who He is, every time that you disobey uh, what he's calling, that is God making that rooster crow to tell you that hey you you're, you're doing something wrong, uh, come back to me. repent. Have you ever felt like Peter? Have you ever felt like Peter? How could, I, how could I be so numb to such a thing? See, whatever that thing may be. How could I say such a bad word? I thought I had got rid of those things in my heart. How could I treat someone like that? I thought I had enough uh, of the love of God in me uh, that I would never act like that again. How could I get so mad uh, and fly off the handle uh, at at your wife or your husband like that? Uh, I love them uh, and I love God uh, and I just don't understand uh, how that could happen. Peter felt so worthless. But when he heard the rooster crow, he didn't try to kill the rooster by pushing it out of his mind and going on in his denial. But what did Peter do? He went out and fell on his face before God, seeking forgiveness, then started doing his best to find his way back to God. God. He finally found his way back in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. When you deny Christ, listen, listen for the rooster crow. What is that rooster and how Does he crow? I can only say that the crowing of the rooster is the Holy Ghost within you. That reminds you of what you have done. He works on your conscience. He speaks to your heart. And he pops into your mind. To let you know uh, that you need to repent for what you have just done. I want to remind you this evening don't kill the rooster by ignoring the gut feelings, but fall on your face before God in repentance. See, too many people nowadays are just killing the rooster until finally they can't hear him crowing anymore. Have you seen people who once loved the Lord with all their hearts, and it seemed that they would never fail to serve God. But yet today, they are no longer in the house of God. I want to tell you something about them people. They have killed the rooster and ignored His crowing. So many times uh, that they don't hear him at all anymore. They once thought that they would not miss church for anything. See, but they don't hear the crowing anymore. They've killed the rooster. See, and it doesn't bother them to stay home now. The more they miss, the less they hear the crowing. They once thought that they would keep their prayer life going strong. Those times they spent alone with God were so wonderful and inspiring. They felt the presence of God on a daily basis. Then little by little, then little By little, they allowed the devil to steal that prayer time from them. See, they heard the rooster crow. See, but they were just too busy to stop and seek God. Don't kill the rooster. See, they once thought that they would really be involved in any kind of ministry that they could do. They were among the most faithful workers in the church. You could count on them for anything. Then the things of life just begun to pull them away from the ministry that they once loved. They have killed the rooster. The devil finds many ways to keep you from doing God's work if you allow it to happen. See, there is no end to the devices, the people, and the circumstances at his disposal. It takes a daily renewal of commitment to keep you from drawing aside. See, they once said that nothing could separate them from the love of God. They loved his church. They loved his people. They loved his work. They loved his word. And they would never be unfaithful. But things change. And before you know it, they are allowing the crowing of the rooster to fade into the distance. Then they kill the rooster because they refuse to hear his crowing at all. It's a terrible thing to kill the rooster. But how can we find our way back to God without his crowing in our ears? See, the fact is that I don't think the rooster ever quits. It's just that we don't hear it anymore. See, my word to you This day, my word to you uh, this evening is just simply don't kill the rooster, but listen for his crowing and fall on your face in repentance while you can still hear him calling. See, if God is speaking to you through this message, then I, then just thank God that you can still hear the rooster crow. See, that's the Holy Ghost calling you back, beckoning you to come home. See, Jesus didn't just tell Peter that he knew Peter would fail before the rooster crow three times. But he also told Peter that there was hope. Somehow, Peter would make it through if he just didn't ignore the rooster. See, Jesus prayed that Peter's faith wouldn't fail, that somehow the Father would bring him back. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus is still praying for you and I today. He is still praying that our faith does not fail when we are in denial. He is still making a way for us to come back. He is still letting the rooster crow in every heart that fails God. Jesus told Peter in the next few verses, these words in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, let not. Your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare this place for you, I will come again, and I and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, uh, and the way ye know. See, it's though Jesus is saying, Peter, I know you will deny me. But I still love you anyway. If we can stand this evening. Peter, don't let your denial destroy your love for God. Or your faith in me. Peter, trust me. Come back. And repent. All that I have told you. Must come to pass. But Peter, all that I have promised. Will come to pass as well. On the other side of your denial, there is repentance and acceptance back into right relationship with him. Peter, I'm going to prepare you a place in heaven. If you couldn't go, I surely wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't tell you, Peter, if, 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 if this wasn't for you. Though you will deny me, Peter, there is still a reward waiting for you if you only come back when you hear the rooster crow. When the time comes, you will know the way home. Peter, you can come where I'm going, and you know this is the way. Today, I want to tell you the same thing. The rooster is crowing right now. The rooster is crowing right now. The Holy Ghost is speaking to every heart. You know the way. The way is through repentance and renewal of your commitment and dedication to Jesus. The way is through the blood of Jesus Christ and by the cross of Calvary. The way is open, the door is swung wide, the rooster is crowing. Don't kill the rooster. Don't silence the rooster this evening. As the Lord was giving me this message, he said, the body, my people are denying me and they don't even realize it. They don't even know it. They stopped. They killed the rooster. They killed my voice that I can't come in to their hearts anymore. They killed my voice, uh, that I can't come in uh, to their lives, uh, that I can't come in uh, and do a work in their life. They're killing the rooster. They're killing my voice. My word to you today is don't Kill the rooster. Don't kill the rooster. Listen for his crowing. And come back and repent. That is God speaking to you. When you do something wrong. When you're going astray, when you're going left and to the right, instead of that straight and narrow way, don't kill the rooster. Bow your hearts with me. Lord, I thank you for this day that you have given. I thank you for everything that you are doing, everything that you are going to do and everything you're about to do. Lord, I ask you right now to saturate this place uh, with your presence, Lord Jesus, God. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, God, uh, to help us, Lord Jesus, God. Know uh, that when we do something wrong, uh, that it is you that is calling us back uh, to repentance. uh, That it is the rooster crowing uh, to calling us back uh, to say, I am sorry, Father. Lord, I ask you right now to touch each and every heart uh, that is in this place and that is watching online. Lord, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, touch every heart uh, that is going through right now. Touch every heart that is battling uh, right now, every life uh, that is going through uh, trials and temptations. uh, Lord, I ask you right now uh, to let them not silence the rooster. Lord, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, we worship you for who you are. Lord, we worship you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to still hear the cruister crow when we do wrong. Lord, we thank you this evening. We thank you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name that is above every name, the all-powerful, the omnipresent uh, name, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen and amen.